Alternative Radio. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Ken Mack and Coach JV Show. The future of finance is here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, ride! Ah, good morning, Warriors. The Ken Mack and Coach JV Show. So first of all, I want to say thank you to Ken Mack for bringing our guest on D last week. We got a lot of great feedback, Warriors. And today you get Ken Mack and I sharing with you guys around the quantum financial system. Remember, before we kick it off, Warriors, we are not financial advice advisors. None of this is financial advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. We're just bringing you information as we navigate into the quantum financial system. From my ex-banking experience, 12 years becoming a vice president of the bank, breaking free from the system to take the red pill to go deep down the rabbit hole to meeting Ken Mack and moving into a whole new realm of generational wealth building where we're bringing our knowledge to you guys on a weekly basis to help you make informed decisions. But remember, you should always make your own decisions. All we're doing is sharing with you our experiences, the things that we know and the things that we see here in the financial system. But I think we can all agree we're all here for a reason, right? Something is shifting, something is changing, whether it's spiritual, whether it's financial, the world is trying to take a deep breath, and we get to be the trustees of that change, which is very exciting. Ken Mack, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. I love the intro, and thanks uh, <laughs> very much uh, for uh, for having me on again today. It's uh, nice to be with you all and to be sharing this uh, knowledge with you uh, so that we all um, rise together, as you say. I think it's a very important time to put this community together so that we become financially um, aware of the new level of financial consciousness that we need to um, we need to tune ourselves into. Yes, absolutely. And also look out for Ken Mack's article coming out in Business Insider. Both of us got interviewed by Business Insider Warriors. I'm going to tell you something about that, which is really interesting, is people are waking up. You know, the JP Morgans, the Black Rocks, all these big, large companies. I think people in society are starting to look a little away from that into a new realm to say, listen, I want to learn from people who are in the boots on the streets actually getting it done. And that's what we're going to share with you today. Today, we're going to talk about banking and DeFi. Now, remember, I have 12 years of banking experience. I became a vice president of bank and I understand bank at a very deep level. Now, when I started to see how the infrastructure of banks actually ran, it made me very uncomfortable, just being honest with you guys. It made me very uncomfortable to actually work for a bank. And I'm not saying bankers are bad. I'm not saying that people that work at a bank or a teller or your local banker is bad. What I'm saying is as you get higher up into the ranks, people who control the money, control the information, control the people. And it is not for the people. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, my personal opinion. But when I learned how the money actually worked and how the banks were funded, that's when I started feeling very uncomfortable. And But there's a lot of changes happening with the banking system. The old archaic banking system is changing as we know it. And what I'm going to bring up to you guys today as we kick this off, and I'm going to share with you two things. They're not that exciting, but you should know that they exist right now. And as, as Ken goes into his portion around DeFi and understanding the, the banking portion around the crypto part, it's really under important to understand this stuff because these are big financial changes happening right now. So uh, pretend that I'm a bank, right? If I'm a bank right now, interest rates are super, super low, right? So my profit margins being squeezed, okay? There's quantitative easing going on like crazy, right? On the back end of this year, they're going to start to taper back, right? Which is going to raise interest rates, which could be good for banks. But there's two things that nobody's talking about. So I'm going to share my screen with you guys really quickly. And I want to share with you guys two things. One is called LIBOR to SOFOR. And the other one is called Basel 3. Okay, so let me get my screen going here. 
And I want you guys to understand this because what Ken Mac, Ken Mac and I are trying to do is to educate you guys so you understand economics, right? Macro and microeconomics. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you learn any of this stuff in economics at school, right? My daughter's not. She's learning personal finance and they're teaching her how to save cash in the bank right now in her personal finance class. They're, they're, they're actually going through the Dave Ramsey system in her school and they're teaching them how to stack cash. I'm like, Okay, well, not, we're not going to get into that right now, but that's that's what's happening. We're in an indoctrination system. But I wanted to bring up Basel 3 to you guys, and I've done a video on this before, but this is important to understand. So a global, global regulators have now created a system for determining the level of banks, capital, and liquidity, Basel 3. And it creates a much more challenging environment for banks. So to give you kind of like a 30,000-foot overview, basically banks during the summer, they have to hold gold on reserves. They used to be able to hold paper, on reserves to have riskier assets, right? But Basel III during the summertime said that banks, in order to have riskier assets, when you have riskier assets, what's higher? The profit margins are higher, right? So to have riskier assets, you have to have physical gold on, on deposit. So that changed the whole game. And it said that it could squeeze banks' potential profitability by 30%. So think about that. So you're a bank now. You're in this position where your profitability could get squeezed up to 30%, right? Nobody's coming into your banks anymore. This new thing called DLT is coming out, distributed ledger technology. The banking system is changing as you know it. And do you know how expensive it is at a bank to change a system and process? Not only do you have to change the system and process financially, the actual software and hardware, mostly the software, but you also have to notify all your customers. There's legalities that go into that. You have to get all your customers notified and switched over. Now, that's one thing is Basel 3, right? So this is squeezing banks' profitability. So what are they thinking right now? We need to figure out a way to be more fast efficient. We need to move into this quantum financial system. And in my opinion, banks are going to be custing your cryptocurrency within the next five years. You're going to walk into a Wells Fargo, Chase Bank or Bank of America, and you're going to, or, or HSBC, you know, you're going to have your cryptocurrency actually on deposit there or being custodied there, not on deposit, excuse me. And then you'll have your FedNow wallet, right? You'll have your central bank digital currency. You'll have your cryptocurrency wallet, and you'll have a customer service person you can go to in your bank. If they do not switch to that, in my opinion, the banks are going to perish. It's like a blockbuster moment for banks. There's another big thing coming up that nobody's talking about and it's because it, it's not exciting. This stuff is really, really, really boring, but I want to explain it at a very simplistic level what LIBOR is. So LIBOR is how they regulate interest rates. We're talking all the way down to auto loans. So imagine a world of, of a couple, say me and Ken Mack, we're a bunch of really rich bankers and we're sitting at a, at a bar. We got our brandy in our hand. It's like, hey, Hey, Ken, what do you want to charge today for interest rates? Ah, let's do 3.2%. Sounds good. Hit the marketplace. And there was all kinds of insider information happening. So people were making financial trades based on the interest rates that were hitting the marketplace. Well, this scandal came out. You didn't hear about it. But there was a scandal with LIBOR. And we're switching in December from LIBOR to SOFOR. Now, what does that mean? These are the challenges that they're going to be facing, Okay. So there's going to be lack of industry consensus. So basically the industry doesn't even know what's going to happen when they switch over this interest rate. So everything down to your auto loan on how they regulate interest rates or how regula uh, interest rates are, are figured out is going to change. Contact identification remediation volatility and overnight so far, right? System changes and model development requirements across the industry and then accounting and taxes. This is all going to happen in December where so now you have quantitative easing going like crazy. They're going to start tapering on the back end of the year. So the banks are, or the, excuse me, the feds are going to start tapering. What that's going to do is it's going to raise interest rates, right? It's going to, when they stop quantitative easing, it's going to put pressure on those uh, companies that are zombie companies right now, right? They're zombie companies that are being propped up by quantitative easing. So you're going to have tapering, interest rates going up, LIBOR to so forth, Basel 3. And so that's why I'm going to turn it over to Ken now and thinking about what is DeFi and why are they making cryptocurrency look so bad and so scary and so uh, uncomfortable because they don't want you to run over to cryptocurrency right now, whereas it is the modern day bank run. That's basically what's happening with cryptocurrency. If all of you guys found out that you could be your own bank, you would literally run to, the, to, to DeFi. 
Everybody would. So that's what's happening right now, Warriors. That's why I always say that the XRP case is to bring in a new Howie test. That's what I always say. The shots fired at Coinbase is to figure out how to how to regulate exchanges and scare the crap out of the exchanges as they all rub elbows behind the scenes. So I, I know that was a big intro, but I wanted to share that with you guys. Those are a couple of things that you guys need to be thinking about. Now, you don't have to go study what LIBOR to cipher. Just know there's a big change coming and there's massive changes coming in the uh, the banking sector. So, Ken, floor is yours. Oh, you're muted, Ken. I think you're on mute. There we go. Yeah, okie dokes. So just uh, for those of you guys who don't know um, what Basel 3 is, I was bringing up some uh, some information. So j just to recap, it's yep. a set of international banking regulations developed by the Bank for International Settlements in order to promote stability in the international financial system. Yep. So it can produce profound changes to the gold market as it will require banks to back up the assets with actual reserves, like Coach GV was saying. So this large portion of unallocated precious metals or paper gold would no longer be deemed valid reserves to back up the assets that banks claim to have. So I think that's going to have a, a very positive impact on the price of gold. So that means that banks need to physically carry these kilo bars of gold. And what I was doing today myself before I had a, an interview with a business insider, let me just... Uh, I'll share this with you guys. You know, the, the only thing about gold, uh, investing in gold, is the fact that, you know, if you take a look at the 10-year chart, it's not done very much. I think, right. in fact, it's probably lost about 10% of value. But just with the heavy devaluation of the, uh, I'm just going to turn this around here, of the, the currency, um, you know, th this is what I picked up today. This is just a bunch of gold and silver, small, small amounts, 100-gram uh, bars. Um, but... I, I believe, you know, just as we're talking about Basel three and gold, that every single person should be buying um, small amounts of gold, dollar cost averaging, because at the end of the day, uh, one bar of gold is always going to be one bar of gold. One bar of silver will always be one bar of silver, but one dollar today is not going to be what one dollar is in 10 years with the average lifespan of a fiat currency is about 100 years. Um but there we are, guys. I just wanted to show you um, that um, you know I myself, as much as I'm a Bitcoin and a, a cryptocurrency advocate, I'm also um, you know hedging my risk by buying a physical gold and silver. So I just want you to understand um, exactly um, what the um, what Basel three is and what the implications uh, could be. So I'm hoping, uh, as a, uh, I could say, I've got a sizable uh, holding in gold that's going to have a positive impact. But I'm also aware that gold has not done very much in 10 years, mm. uh, which is also a little bit worrying. So um, just always exercise caution. I'm not uh, telling you to go out there and buy gold. I'm just saying this is what I'm doing. And if you guys uh, think that's a good idea um, for, for you to start stacking, then that, that's up up to you guys to make up your own mind on that. So just, just going over to the, the DeFi, let me just uh, share my screen here with you guys. So I thought that, uh, you know, I like to use real life examples. So I put together, um, you know, a couple of different uh, trial accounts of uh, DeFi projects that I have been uh, testing out because I want to, of course, recommend um, uh, uh, products that I'm using myself. So why did you know why did the banks or the SEC not want you to uh, uh, to access these platforms? I'm going to show you why because you know quite simply that the banks are never going to give you um, access to this uh, type of facility. So if we go over here, you know I uh, took a trial credit line out on uh, some crypto. This is this is we're going to start with Nexo, um, and I took about quarter. Uh, Three quarters, a quarter million, I think I took out here. We go to, I'm used to using this on the uh, on the application repay. There we are. So you can see here, I took out two hundred thirty-nine thousand uh, dollars. I had the money available within ten minutes. I had no middleman, no contracts, no credit check, um, and also if I bought borrowed a US dollar tether, I could in fact get paid six six percent to borrow money, which is um, absolutely insane. Um, but uh, I'm actually migrating um, over to YieldUp because YieldUp is giving me 20.5% on my uh, US dollar tether, which is insane. You know, do you, do you really think that the banks 
uh, the, the SEC want you to have access to this sort of capital? I don't think so. Let's take a look just now at the uh, pancake swap. Um, so I just want to say, guys, um, is there anybody here that's uh, listening to this now that has used pancake swap? I'm going to keep an eye on the comment section. Is there anybody here familiar with pancake swap? And if you guys appreciate this content that we're sharing with you, I want you to show your support to this program that we're running on a weekly basis and smash out the like button as hard as you can and show your support and your love to the community because we want to show the YouTube algorithm that this is very relevant content so that we can start to grow this um, th this weekly show that we're showing to you guys. Um, so if you guys are getting, um, if you guys are enjoying this show, please smash out the like button and then show your support uh, to the Ken Mac and Coach GB Financial Freedom Show. So this is Pancake Swap, and I'm going to demonstrate something to you guys. And I, I like to show you what I am physically doing myself, like I've showed you a pile of gold and silver there. So, for example, on the uh, automatic restaking um, pool here, you can see that they're paying out 77.89 per thread. So let's say we were going to stake, you had a million dollars in the bank, right? You're going to stake one million these numbers almost look fabricated. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I was scratching my head for a while thinking, is this for real? Um, what's the catch? And, you know, the catch is that uh, you get the, the risk of the token devaluing, but that's why you dollar cost average. And that's why I haven't put too much money into it because I'll buy small amounts on the dips. I'm not going to go all in um, so that I'm hedging my risk. But look at this, guys. You can stake a million dollars, and I'm pretty certain that, uh, a lot, lots of people that are tuned into this show now are going to make more than a million dollars on this run. Um, Bull Run 2.0 is firmly confirmed. I'm going to do some charting with you as well. So you guys are going to earn $778,000, which is $778,000 divided by 12, $65,000 passively every month for doing absolutely nothing. So I've actually staked um, in this pool here, which um, you'll notice the APR is less, but when you compound this manually yourself, then it works out to be more money. So <clears throat> even although the APR is less, it does work out to be more money. So, so far, for doing ab absolutely nothing, you can see it's compounding right now in real time. You can, it's just uh, going up there. Uh, I staked seven, about $70,000, uh, which you can see here. And... Today, you know, I'm collecting, I can collect it right now. I can compound $56. Um, let me just pop this password in. I'm using Binance, uh, Binance Wallet, BSC, Binance Smart Chain. Okay. So I'll confirm uh, very low gas fees, which is pretty nice. And that $56 will now compound into this pile here on the right-hand side. And yeah, that is the, the benefit of staking it in the manual pool because we don't have an unstaking fee or any or a performance fee. And it's uh, nice and easy to do. And I can withdraw this anytime that I want. So um, let's see you guys were to deposit something like one Bitcoin. What's Bitcoin just now? $43,000. Zero, zero, zero. So if you were to deposit $43,000, you would earn um, something like $70 every day passively for doing nothing. $500 a week, $2,000 a month. And I'm sure there are many people out there that would dream of earning $2,000 a month. So this is giving normal, everyday people like you and me access to, um, to, to incredible money-making opportunities. So if you're looking for a lower risk way to mitigate as much risk of token devaluation as possible, then I would be looking at using something like YieldApp. Unfortunately, just now, <clears throat> it's not available in the USA. Um, they are working on it. Um, they're, uh, I think version, version two of this application will be available soon. It'll be released on the App Store. Um, but, but this is where I will be migrating um, most of my holdings over to due to the very nice interest rate. So let's say that uh, you guys start cashing in, and this is what the plan is, guys. You want to start cashing in and dollar cost averaging out of the markets into stable coins. Um, 
I would say round about December, we want to start averaging out the markets into USDT and migrating that over to a platform like YieldApp that you're going to earn 20% on. So let's say that you guys have $100,000 that you earn from this bull run. You're talking somewhere around about $20,000 per year. You've got a month, you, you've got a, a month's wage, guys. You get $1,600 a month um, that you can earn passively. Sit there, be calm, and wait for the next bull run um, in 2024 to be confirmed. I would start buying in. Um, let me just rewind. I'm going to start to be. I'm going to be completely out of the market by January. And the reason back, uh, uh, behind that is that uh, the market consists of a lot of Chinese, huge uh, holders uh, and players in this market, and a lot of them start to sell out for Chinese New Year and for the new tax year. And uh, knowing that the bull market, uh, you know, lifespan should be around about two to three months, I will start to. Um, uh, be fully out of the market by January and start to app back into the market uh, 2023 in preparation for the halvening, the Bitcoin halvening. And we all know that Bitcoin um, is the dominant currency at 44% market uh, dominance, and that will dictate the movement of the rest of the market. I think the very last coin that I will start to sell out of is going to be XRP because that's always the last one to uh, to go and it was just uh, just on the XRP. The uh, when I was getting interviewed by Business Insider, they were asking me um, what my top four altcoins were, and the fact I plugged XRP into my uh, top four altcoins because um, um, with, with the SEC lawsuit and the way that things are going, it's looking very promising. Mm-hmm. And I would say that there is um, very very obviously a five to ten x potential. And as soon as a bit of good news comes out. I'm going. I'm going long. I'm going to go heavy long on XRP because uh, it's one that's uh, that's well overdue. It's, uh, and I think a lot of people are going to make a lot of money from this coin. So that was my top four coins that I recommended to Business Insider. So I look forward to sharing that article with you guys soon. So that's a little bit of an insight from me into uh, uh, some real life examples of. Uh, um, we've got the pancake swap here. We've got yield up here, and we've got Nexo. Um, but I just want to say. So many messages, guys, asking how do I use PancakeSwap. This is very simple. This is very simple. All that you guys need to do is buy yourself a little bit of the Binance coin to pay the gas fees. Download the Binance Smart Chain Chrome extension. Open up PancakeSwap. Set up a Binance Smart Chain wallet through the little uh, app you can see up here. Go to the syrup pools, which you see right here. And you just need to activate the pool. So you go stay, open up this one, enable pool. And then just simply, um, after you've bought the cake tokens and your Binance tokens, send these tokens to your Binance Smart Chain wallet. Simply just uh, click the plus, and then that's your tokens automatically staked. So it's very, very simple. I'm going to make a video as well um, to help you guys understand exactly how this is done. So I'm going to uh, demonstrate in real time um, so that I can walk you through the A to Z. Um, let's just say the ABC. It's pretty straightforward stuff. So you can catch that on my uh, my own YouTube channel and uh, Coach TV will put a link at mm-hmm. the bottom of this video so that you guys can go over there and you can watch. So I'm going to get that done this week because uh, Business Insider had asked me if, they, if I could do that this week. And I think they were uh, looking at sharing that as well. So there's so many people out there that are looking to uh, use this platform because the longer that you leave it, the more money you're mi- missing out on. But of course, uh, you've got to use risk. Um, you've got to be uh, uh, take the, the, the right uh, risks um, when you are using this platform and just be aware that the token value uh, could uh, drop significantly. Um, but yeah, I- I'm quite happy to take that risk, guys. So, um, so that's my take on DeFi. It's uh, highly disruptive and uh, you should be getting yourself involved as soon as possible so that you don't need to rely on these banks anymore. And guys, I don't even like using high street banks. I'm using fin- fintech banks nowadays because I get uh, less hassle from the banks. Um, I don't need to sit for hours on the phone and queues, moving money from A to B. Um, I just find a nice, a, a much better user experience. And of course, when you're using these protocols, you could... You can, one, be your own bank, but you can spread your risk over different platforms. And if your money is only guaranteed for a certain value anyway, then I think your money is just as safe, if not safer, in these protocols, which are completely automated, decentralized, 
than an essentialized, um, you know, a, a entity that uh, we don't have a lot of trust in. You know, there's um, there, there are two entities that I don't trust, and number one is the banks, and I think you can use your imagination with the second, which I'm not going to mention on here. <laughs> so that's my uh, take, Coach, uh, Coach JV. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. I mean, this is a great tie into what I was talking about because it's like, think about it. If everybody knew how easy it was to make yield like this, I mean, if everybody really knew, how many people do you think would move over? I mean, it would be a massive bank run. I mean, people would be running over to PancakeSwap. They'd be running over to Yield. They'd be running over to Nexo. And if people find out and start to find out, that's why there's so much fear. And that's what I want to jump into and get your opinion on. You know, China for the 5,675th time announced that they're banning cryptocurrency, right? And if you noticed, every single time they ban cryptocurrency, what happens right afterwards? It goes skyrocketing. Bitcoin goes skyrocketing up. So what is your sentiment on the market? It seems like every time China announces it, it, it collapses and then it comes flying back up so what is your uh, you know your narrative on that what are you hearing in your circles yeah so um how many times have china banned bitcoin it's um i think china banning bitcoin is becoming a little bit like ellen musk in his tweets it's because <laughs> it's having less impact in the market it's uh, in yeah. fact it's, it's it's a pretty bullish event and I, I took sight of an article um, yesterday which said that China, got, the Chinese government was the second or third largest holder of Bitcoin in the world. Mm. So either they are manipulating the market to buy cheaper Bitcoin or they genuinely do, just don't want their um, citizens to, to own Bitcoin, which the Chinese are always going to find a way. To, mm. uh, to, to buy and sell Bitcoin. There's a, I think it's a, a very uh, large... Um, um, you know, a big shadow market on the go there in China. Mm -hmm. So, so they ain't stopping. It doesn't matter what uh, what fuds or rules or regulations that these guys put out. If the Chinese want to buy and sell Bitcoin, they're going to find a way to buy and sell Bitcoin. Um, but in terms of um, you know how it affects the market, the the the, la the the thing that we had there last week didn't tend to affect the market too much. Mm -hmm. And we just take a look at uh, you know Elon Musk's tweets and the first time that he put that tweet out about the. Um, a bit Bitcoin not being um, uh, environmentally friendly. Right. It had a big impact in the market, but the more that you would tweet, the less impact that it had on the market. So I think we're having a very similar situation with the uh, with the Chinese nonsense, and people are just not caring. People are just so bullish in yeah. the cryptocurrency markets that they don't care. Yes. Yeah, I know. I agree, too. I mean, it's and it's following the same market cycle. That's what people keep asking. Me. Why do you keep saying October, JV? Because the big you brought it up, the Bitcoin having the 70,000 70, block hit in September after the Bitcoin having usually after 70,000 block, it goes parabolic. And it's if history history doesn't repeat itself, it often rhymes until history changes. I'm going to keep believing what history is going to do. And that's why people keep saying that, you know, banks are so there's so much that banks have to do to switch into this whole new quantum financial system. That's why I keep preaching 2025. And they, they know this, that they have until 2025 to get everything switched over. And I believe by 2025, our financial system is going to look completely different. And there's never been a time like this in history for normal everyday people to amass a large amount of wealth, like an almost like a um, accredited investor, right? We're in it very, very early. And I think that's the biggest thing for people. The message I want to get out to people is just do not get caught up in the FUD, right? When it dips, buy. When it's going parabolic, sell the news, right? That's some of the simple thing. Pull some profits. You know, there's two types of people. A lot of people are asking, what should I do? So I'll share with what I'm doing. I'm very similar to you. I'm doing a ladder exit strategy. So I just set price points. I don't, I don't try to figure out when it's going to go parabolic. All I do is set price points on the way up. So for example, say XRP shoots to... Uh, Let's say it goes to 589. I'm just I'm joking around, but say it goes to 589 bull run. As it goes up, I'm not worried about what everybody else is doing in the market. I'll have a target at seven to ten dollars, a target at 15 to 20, a target at 50, target up to 589, right? So each target, I'm pulling some profit off the table so that I don't get caught at the top, come sliding back down. Cause that's what's gonna happen to a lot of people. They're gonna get into euphoria, super excited, and all the retail investors are gonna come rushing in. As soon as they come in, the bulls are gonna collapse the market. And guess what? You're buying what they're selling to you. And then they collapse the market and then we're all gonna buy back in and ride the bear market. I love what Crypto Mason says. He says, we're one bear market away from retirement. A lot of people are, if you do it correctly. And then as Ken said, you know, once you get into 
into that bear market stage, we can we can get into our DeFi protocols, lock in for those yields. And that's where it really gets fun. And then richest man in Babylon, right? Your money, your, your assets are paying for your liabilities. You know, you just keep buying with the, uh, the cash that you make off your assets, buy more assets get disciplined the next three years, the next three years, if you really, I buckled down for two years and it changed my life dramatically. And now I'm getting into the LBO game with Ken Max. So we started our deep boot camp in October. So, but it looks like you're going to send some charts. Cool. You can show some charts. Okay. If you guys want us to do a crypto analysis, I want you to hit the like button to show that you would like us to do that. And I will give you a full analysis of what I believe is about to happen and where, where we are just now. So I've got some very exciting things to share with you guys. There's a cool question right here about gold. I think you get your son involved in this, don't you? I sure do. Yes, he's the youngest investor at the Dubai Commodities Center. So he bought his first gold coin, which was really cool, about two weeks ago. He's been saving up all of his money for his birthdays for the past seven years. And um, I got him to uh, save 100% of his money so that he had enough money to start investing. In the, you know, so somebody put an, an, uh, an interesting uh, comment about um, you know buying gold. Uh, let me just see if I can find it. So many comments coming, questions coming in there. But yeah, he's he's been buying uh, gold, and I was thinking maybe I should buy Bitcoin uh, or buy XRP mm. or buy Ethereum. So I'm in fact planning to uh, perhaps exchange his gold coin and give him XRP or give him uh, Bitcoin instead, because you know this is a ten year play for him. And you know the, the whole thing about gold, it just it it does worry me. Um, I think it would be wrong not to hold gold. Um, because you know, what, what if what, what if the financial um, collapse um, does play out exactly as we believe it is, and we're not holding any gold, and our uh, fiat currency has been heavily devalued? I uh, think that you should. This is this is the time when you need to need to be very well diversified. Mm. Uh, so James Webb is asking Ken, what do you think of buying gold as an investment for children, physical bars, coins, or, or digital gold? Definitely not digital gold. Uh, you've got Pax Gold there, um, which is pegged at the price of gold, which is nice. You can buy that on Binance, but you know it's you don't have any making charges, delivery charges, um, or minting charges. But again, it's paper gold. I think you're better to to buy you know little uh, ounce bars that you can touch, smell, and feel that you can physically hand over to your uh, children. Um, it's low risk, of course, very low risk buying gold, in my opinion. Um, but I would, I think, you know, Bitcoin and, and gold are, are definitely here to stay. And, uh, and if you wanted to look at something low risk, I would perhaps look at Bitcoin. Um, or you could even look at staking some USDT and putting that, you know, instead of buying gold. Because at the end of the day, I think your USDT is going to make a lot more money than buying physical gold. So... That's just my thoughts. Um, I'm going to sh I can share with you guys as well the, the gold chart. I think you know during this session it would be relevant to speak about gold and where I think it's going to be going. Um, but there, Billy Watkins is saying my 14 year old is wanting to get started in crypto. What's the best way to get him introduced to this new asset? I think that's fantastic. Um, I would uh, perhaps uh, open up a Binance account and just buy little amounts, uh, get him used to dollar cost averaging. So. Just every week, he could allocate a portion of his pocket money, for example, and um, get him involved in the most important projects because you know th there's no better time to start than now. Yep. Awesome. Okay, guys, let's take a look at the charts. So um, this is a chart pattern that not many people are speaking about, and this is on the weekly. And what I have discovered on the Bitcoin chart is a very, very large symmetrical triangle. And what we do know about symmetrical triangles are that they are usually bullish and they're a continuation pattern. Of course, they can break to the upside or the downside, but in a bull market, they are continuation patterns. So you can see here very clearly, you know, so many people are focused on the shorter term timeframes and you guys need to get away from the trader's mindset unless you're trading uh, on leverage and, you know, trading intraday but that's not something that i pay too much attention to so let's look at the, the the macro chart here just now you can see that we're very very nicely consolidating in towards the apex of this triangle i believe that we will break this very very soon 
Uh, we've got some res resistance coming in at 51,000. The, uh, the downward sloping trend line here. And I am looking at a target of 84,000. I don't believe that we will see, you know, the, the moon boy predictions of 200, 300,000 dollars. It would take a lot of what the uh, some of these uh, moon boys say with a pinch of salt. Um, however, if an ETF is approved in the USA, mm -hmm. then yeah. yeah, I'm 100x long in Bitcoin. And I think we could very easily and quickly see two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars. But all of the indicators are flashing for me buy right now. You can see here, um, the last time we had the hash ribbons flash a buy indicator was round about November when we had the big run up here. And just in the middle of August here, the hash ribbons flashed by. So that's majorly bullish. So you know, without going through all of the diff different indicators with you guys, I'm expecting. We know that September is a flat month. I'm expecting the bull market to resume next month. And um, let me tell you, I'm more bullish on Ethereum than I am with Bitcoin yeah. because I would say that Ethereum is the opportunity that Bitcoin was back in 2017. And let me show you why. So I've discovered, uh, you know, a fractal here, uh, which you can see here on the left-hand side, 31st of May. Uh, you know, we had that big run up to four thousand, $4,500. <clears throat> so we started to break down in, toward, uh, on the descending triangle. We've hit some very nice support here, and we've started to form exactly the same pattern here. At it back into another descending triangle, we hit the peak at four thousand dollars. We've started to trend back down again into support. So, to me, this is suggesting that Ethereum is majorly bullish, and I think that anybody planning selling Ethereum right now is making a bad mistake. I think that's possible we could uh, see. Um, it's possible we could see a $2,400 Ethereum. It could break down. But I think if that happens, there's going to be so much buying pressure down at that area. It's going to throw us up mm. towards 5000 So let me just pull up the Fibonacci. Yeah, so we're looking at about $4,800 to $5,000. And as, as Coach GV says, He's going to be taking some uh, chips off the table as we start to pump in the markets. I'm going to do the same thing so that we, so that I have you know some collateral on the side to come in and buy the dips again. So I don't ever go all in. I've always got collateral on the side ready to go for these. Uh, you know, when, like Warren Buffett says, when there's blood in the streets, mm. that's where the opportunity is. So let's just go over just now and take a look at the gold chart because this is very interesting. So you can see again that uh, you know, you know. Gold has been on a bull market since 2015. Uh, this the upward sloping trend line here is showing that um, in the symmetrical triangle, you can see the different peaks in 2020, 2011, 2011 again, is showing that we are due to break this symmetrical triangle anytime between now and February. The breakout target, which is in confluence with the 1.618 Fibonacci extension, is $2,400. So that's, um, I'm not banking on a breakout on the price of gold. I don't buy gold to make money. I buy gold to preserve uh, wealth. I don't uh, look upon it as something or some way of me making money. It's more of a, it, it's a, a metal that's built for times of economic disaster. That's what uh, gold is for. It's proven itself over 5,000 years. So it's just nice to have that peace of mind. Gold is just, a, it's, it's like having a peace of mind. And one, there was a question about silver too. So I use, I, I buy silver for bartability. So like, for example, in Venezuela, when the economy collapsed. And one thing I do want to back up what Ken said, think about this. Every fiat currency has collapsed in history and they have about a hundred year lifespan. So really think about that. Every currency has about a hundred hundred year lifespan and every fiat currency in history has collapsed. So as Ken's talking about, right, his gold is his hedge against the deflating U.S. dollar. And also if the financial monetary system collapses, you know, if you can walk in, you'd be much better off walking into a grocery store with a silver coin for barterability versus a gold block. Right. And so uh, do you see it the same way, Ken, in regards to silver more? Barnability, yeah, definitely. Definitely, um, you know, silver is to me, it's like the opportunity that Ethereum poses its mm. higher risk, but it's uh, you know, if you want to make some money, you want to buy silver, and that's why, um, you know, when I showed you what's sitting on my desk here, 
there's more bars of silver than there is bars of gold. And I think it'd be unfair to uh, to not take a look at the silver chart uh, to see where we are with things because you can see that uh, you know silver was in a huge bull market. Surprise, surprise! Look, mm -hmm. since the Corona crash back in March, so we went on this insane run up here from wow, eleven dollars per per ounce to twenty nine. $29, wow. Let's say, so we, uh, we've broken down from this ascending uh, ascending triangle. We're, we've hit some resistance here, or some support, should I say, $21. So I think, you know, right now is a nice time to buy gold. I get very nice price. Um, in fact, there's five, 500 coins sitting at DMCC for me, ready to collect. Um, I've ended up picking these, uh, the ounces up at $29 per coin. I've got a bunch of Philharmonics and uh, American Eagles. But again, th these are just very nice things to have. Can, can, do I see the price of silver breaking down even further? I think that if there's going to be manipulation in the market or more manipulation, we could see $18. I think it's unlikely. I think we could have bottomed out here, which you could see the previous resistance right here. We very, very obviously broke through it when we went into this uh, structure up here. But, um, but yeah... Um, you know, perhaps the market just needs to cool down a little bit. And um, I think that silver, if you want to make a bit of money or take a bit more risk, silver is where you want to be. Yeah. There's a question here. Let's see. It says, do you trade using Roth? Because nobody seems to factor in uh, public uh, publicly the tax of all the, pro uh, the profit that maneuvers and when feasible or not and the risk involved. So he's talking more about, um, do you do your trading? And I don't, I don't use a Roth. Um, I look at the risk factor. So the reason why I have an exit strategy is I look at, okay, how much profit am I going to take up versus how much I'm going to pay um, in capital gains, right? The it's worth it. And the amount of capital gains I'll pay to buy back an 80 to 90% dip, right? So that's the way I look at it. So exiting 50% of my portfolio, say if I took 2 million out of my portfolio, right. And I have to pay, uh, what would that be? Gosh, in taxes, it'd be insane. But the amount of cryptocurrency I could buy or the amount that I could buy back into the market would heavily outweigh the tax burdens that I would have. So that's why I look at it. Um, I don't personally use a Roth um, to do it, and but I've heard a lot of great things about it. Have you done anything like that, Ken? I haven't. Um, I do know that you can you can have pension funds that mm -hmm. um, you can allocate and tell them what you want to invest into. Um, but also consider, you know, in, in the UK, for example, you, you'll pay VAT on gold. So I don't tend to buy it so much in the UK because, you know, when you factor in the uh, the tax and the very slow growth that gold has, you're kind of buying into negative equity. So um, why don't you look at a jurisdiction like Singapore? You could buy from Bullion Star in Singapore. You can get a very nice uh, price on the gold. You will uh, not have the heavy charges that you have in the USA, and they can store it for you. So there's lots of services like that where you don't need to, you, you physically own it, but it's not in your hand. But the question is, do you really need to have gold in your hand? That's the question. You just need to get access to the capital so that you can liquidate it again. So when you buy it with a dealership like Bullion Star in Singapore, you can liquidate your gold at any point in time and have the money sent back to your bank account. You know, the, uh, the taxing in the USA is obviously very complicated and you need to speak to a tax advisor. But... Um, for those who are uh, listening in from the UK, there is also a way that you can buy silver in the UK, not have it delivered physically to your home, which would avoid the uh, the VAT, and you can have the dealership hold it for you, and then you can sell it any time that you want. But the question might arise, why don't you just buy digital gold and silver or paper gold and silver? So it can be a bit of a catch-22, but you know, what, what I like with uh, with, with the crypto side of things is I like I do like the tokenized gold. Now you can buy Pax Gold, which is it saves you having to pay the VAT, saves you having to pay the the minting, the making, the delivery fees. It's not something that I bought into myself. Um but it is also it's a consideration. It's an option that you guys can have and it is physically pegged to the price of gold and they do physically have the reserves there. So you could go to London and you could get your uh, you, you could ask to have your gold exchanged for these tokens that you've bought in exchange so um you know it's a uh, this is why guys you shouldn't uh, invest too much in but just so you 
have some exposure to uh, to gold and silver, but um, there's so many different uh, factors you can consider here. Yeah, and then also, and so in America, I use uh, if you guys follow Lynette Zhang, um, she's not big on crypto, but she, <laughs> she's really hedged against crypto. But she's really she, she's a smart, smart lady. So she's ITM. So in America, it's physical. It's actually here in Phoenix, Arizona, and they will ship it right to your house. So it's physical gold and silver. So um, let's see here. So this one says, um, did you guys talk about or? Yo, what about the end of ETH staking that's set to expire March 22nd? That's a lot of money out of rotation. Well, anytime anything's taken out of rotation or like the Bitcoin having anything that goes deflationary, absolutely, that can cause a mini bull run within a bear market. I think that's might be what you're stating here. Any type of like it doesn't mean in a bear market that things can't go up pretty dramatically. Um, and I think you'll see those. I made a lot of money in the bear market. I actually enjoyed the bear market much better than I did the bull market. Uh, this anxiety waiting, you know, I actually like things like this because that could cause a mini little bull run within a bear market. So anything that goes deflationary or reduces its supply, obviously is going to create more demand, right? And higher prices. So let's see here. Um, what is it? If I take profits, assets, do I still need to pay capital gains? So if I take profits in assets, I will I need to pay capital? If you're in America, so I'll speak for America. Yeah, anytime you uh, move crypt from crypto to crypto or you cash out, it will create a taxable event. I am not a tax, you know, consult your tax accountant or your your tax professional. Um, but yeah, so you will have a capital gains tax. If you hold it for less than a year, you're going to have short term. If you hold it after a year, you will have long term. So if you hold your cryptocurrency for more than a year before you move it to another cryptocurrency or take it out, um, there's different tax. So consult your tax professional. But uh, yes, you will have capital gains taxes. Let's see if there's anything else. Are they trying to... Same in the UK as well. Um, for the UK listeners, um, as soon as you cash into a, into a fiat currency, you create a taxable event. Um, but uh, perhaps when you ta when you when you cash into USDT, that's not a taxable event. I would definitely check that with a tax advisor that's clued up in cryptocurrency yeah. in the United Kingdom. But um, I certainly wouldn't be cashing into fiat currency uh, by any means. Hmm. This is a good, good comment here. I love that. I love this. So, so you put the tax money you'd owe into the bear market and tax time comes, you just have 500 K sitting on the sideline to pay them when it comes due or cash out to pay the tax criminals. But you know, another way to look at it too, is if you want, you don't have to cash out, right? So that that's a beautiful thing about DeFi. For example, uh, you can move a Nexo, you could move your cryptocurrency into Nexo and you can take DeFi loans with no capital gains. And you're getting the you're getting the liquidity out of your cryptocurrency. You know, if you did, for example, Ethereum, if you put it in there, uh, you get 50% uh, LTV. So if I put $100,000 into uh, a DeFi loan on Nexo, within minutes, I have, uh, what would be 100000 I'd have $50,000 sit in my pocket. No capital gains, and you can go buy assets with that. And so there's a lot of different ways around that. So if you're a long-term holder and you don't want to take your cryptocurrency out of the market, have capital gains, that's a great way around it. The thing you want to look out for is uh, being um, liquidated. So if you're buying at the peak of Ethereum, right, and then you do a DeFi loan, it's going to come down to a liquidation point if the market comes collapsing back down. So... Yeah, it's a good, good good point there you've made, um, and I think that taking a loan during a bull market is a very bad idea. The time that you should be taking a loan is in the bear market, yep. and then yep. you can enjoy uh, the gains that you've made. And of course, it would be tax free, but you're not, you're not going to pay tax on a loan. Um, so just bear that in mind, guys, because uh, imagine you take the loan at the peak of the bull market. And then you don't have the collateral to uh, re-collateralize your position. You'll be liquidated. Um, so um, just exercise these platforms with caution and, uh, and just do a proper risk analysis so that you are not putting yourself um, in a bad situation. Yes, people are talking about uh, charitable remainder trusts so in America. There's a guy named uh, this right here. This guy's named Mark Kohler. Uh, he's he's pretty pretty remarkable. His videos are pretty outstanding. I think he's in Arizona too. I think they're all in Arizona, man. Everybody, you guys all need to move to Arizona. <laughs> um, but he's a, he's a great. He has great videos out there. Charitable remainder trust, like the way that they set it up, where you can put it into a trust, right? It's set up to go to a charity, and then you do insurance uh, for your family members, so they get the insurance policies. It's wild. There's so many different ways around it. I mean, that's what the elites do, right? There's, for example, you know, I have, I have corporations, and the corporations, you know, there's ways you can get around the tax 
the tax laws and things like that, not get around them. I pay my taxes, but there's ways that basically like, like <clears throat> Ken taught me, right? The poor people's uh, liabilities are the rich people's assets. That's basically the way it works, Warriors. So it's just a very different game when you get to the wealth level. It's, it's you know, they when Trump and Biden were going at it during their um, their debates, right? <clears throat> like Trump doesn't pay taxes. Well, a lot of wealthy, wealthy people don't pay taxes. They pay a lot in, for example, employment taxes. Like, for example, our company, we pay close to $6,000 to $7,000 a month in employment taxes, right? But maybe we don't pay actual income taxes because we buy assets. We do we do different things with our money. So, but let's see. Um, I must have up for... The taxes are um, is, a, is a system set up for employees. Um, you know, t taxes are for people who receive a paycheck. And I think, you know, receiving a paycheck is probably the worst decision that you could ever make in your life because that is, you've just signed yourself over to becoming an employee. So for you guys that are on a paycheck, it's just something to consider um, when you are planning um, to uh, um, you know, invest in your future because when you invest in your future and you invest in these assets, you're buying a little bit of the future. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you uh, are buying liabilities, you're selling a little bit of the future. So, um, so yeah, I uh, I think the tax system. You know, you you notice this with a lot of the the wealthy, these guys. You know, they pay next to no tax because that's the way the tax system is designed. It's designed to make yeah. people poor. Yeah. And yes, uh, so I use Nexo. You can use uh, Nexo in America. The only thing you can't buy is you can't get the Nexo coin. Uh, I haven't found a way to get it, but you can. I have a DeFi, DeFi loan on Nexo with my Ethereum. So that's in America. Let's see Nexo. Let's see any questions. Same stake and raise prices. Yeah, so it's, I mean, I think that's the biggest whole, the whole thing is, you know, Ken and I are trying to help you guys. I, I call it breaking free people from the job, just over broke system. And it's, you know, even if you're in a job, maybe you don't want to be an entrepreneur, but you can become an investor, right? And becoming an investor is like becoming an entrepreneur. You really research the cryptocurrencies or the companies that you're investing in, and you're like an investor. So say you're buying into a stock, right? If you're buying into Apple and you really look at it as like Warren Buffett does, Warren Buffett buys into the companies, right? And that's what you're doing with the stock. Now, cryptocurrency, that's the whole thing with the SEC and uh, Ripple, right? So they're saying that the SEC is saying that if you bought Ripple or XRP, you actually bought shares in Ripple, basically. That's what a security is. So that's what the whole battle is about, right? But that's the way I do my cryptocurrency investing. I know it's not a security, but as I'm investing in it, I'm looking at the corporation. I'm looking at the leadership team, the real world solve fundamentals. So you can have an entrepreneurial mind and break free from the system through do proper investing. And as we keep telling you guys, this is the biggest shift in generational wealth and the, the biggest shift in generational wealth is the baby boomers that uh, Ken taught me. But this is a great time for people with, with very little money to make a, a good amount of money to flip that over and over again. That's what I did. I started with just a little bit of money. I was going to garage sales. I was selling anything I could and I was buying cryptocurrency in the bear market. I just played the game. I, you know, I was using the M1 money reports as money flows would go in, the cryptocurrency would go up. I would sell the top. I'd buy the bottom. Anytime there was uh, news, I would sell the news and I'd buy the rumors. I just did the opposite of everybody else. I just followed Warren Buffett. He said, buy blood in the streets. When everybody was panicking, I'd buy cryptocurrency. When it may collapsed, when it collapsed in May, everybody was freaking out. I was accumulating. That was my last big accumulation point. Uh, then I went to just straight dollar cost averaging. So let's see here. Um, so this question is, Ken, is there a risk cashing out your cryptos to only stable coins with all the regulation talk in the U.S. in regards to regulating stable coins? Yeah, I would um, perhaps look at holding your stable coins in USDC because it's the most regulated a stable coin. Um, you know, uh, USDT has had its fair run of bad news. Um, do I see uh, the stable coins collapsing? I think it's unlikely. It is anything is possible. But if you're looking for a lower risk stable coin, you could either look at USDT or why don't you consider, nobody speaks about this one, Pax Gold. Because mm. gold is a hedge against inflation, yep. is a hedge against financial collapse. So we do know that historically gold is supposed to go up which it hasn't done in the last 10 years but um that would perhaps be something that would be backed by something physical for you that you could access on binance if you want to buy it on binance um but i personally will not uh, cash out into physical uh, currency um, for this bear market i'm going to be just uh, staking a usdt i'll be buying a cake 
pancake swap tokens. I'll be waiting until we hit a, a low again. So I'll be using that as you can see as a, a stable coin as such. I'll be looking to buy the bottom. I'll be looking at Pax Gold. I'll be coming out of USDT and uh, holding USDC only. And I, I'm pretty sure that that's a project owned by Coinbase. I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that it's backed or owned by Coinbase. Uh, I might be wrong, but... Uh, yeah, and then uh, so the thing too, so for example, I use DAI, D-A-I, which is a, uh, so there's cryptocurrency-backed stablecoins, there's precious metal-backed stablecoins, and then there's US dollar or dollar-backed stablecoins. So there's different ways you can hedge across your stablecoins too. Like you can have a cryptocurrency-backed stablecoin, you can do a gold-backed stablecoin, you can do a, uh, a dollar-backed stablecoin, right? So if you want to diversify across, if you're worried about that, um, I, I'm staking in DAI, which is a backed by cryptocurrencies. So um and so that's where I'm staking my, so just like Ken, I have very little cash in my bank account, enough just to pay my fiat bills and keep the business going. Uh, very, very little cash in my bank. It's mostly in assets. So um, XRP, I'm, I'm not staking my XRP on Nexo. I think people are though. Um, I have not done it yet, so I can't speak um, on that. But uh, also, and then somebody else asked, well, I think it's this one. Um, so what the, we're in us where people are buying XRP. So I, I, I was buying XRP at 13, 17 cents. So I didn't, unless it dropped under 27 cents, which is my dollar cost average. Um, so I haven't been buying XRP, but people are buying it on Qcoin, BitTrue, uh, and Uphold. Those are the three places, not financial advice. So Qcoin in America, uh, BitTrue and Uphold are the three places that warriors have been buying it. So, but just being transparent, I haven't been, I have not been purchasing um xrp i've been focused on other coins i have a i've i've got a lot of xrp so i'm kind of sitting tight waiting for everything to happen i bought xrp at uh, 14 cents and 160 or near nearer to two dollars so I, I bought the the full range of xrp um it just looks as if it's uh it's it's prime it's primed and it's ready to go it's just a matter of time and when yeah it's a great question how can you know what is the first asset i should buy after you know uh, that you, so you, how to get a loan, should I search for investors, banks, beginners, recent life changers, credibility, and the best? So um, I'm focused heavily on cryptocurrency. I mean, if you're talking about the asset that you want to buy, if you're a beginner, right? First, make sure you educate yourself. Watch these videos every single Monday. Watch, you know, pick, pick a couple of your favorite YouTubers and just really dive into it and understand, first understand what assets are, right? What is an asset, right? Why are you buying the asset? What are you purchasing? I think that's the most important part. And then understanding for me, what I did is I just started educating myself on YouTube. That's what I did. I mean, I'm an ex-banker, but I was stuck in the fiat system, which is a very different, just so you guys know, like, what you're being taught in the banking system is very different from what Ken Mack is teaching me and all this stuff. It's a very different game. I had to reprogram my brain to the asset based, right? Most people aren't operating that way where they're taking assets and they're taking the profits and then buying more assets. What people do is they put money in their 401k, they get their health insurance and they just sit there and watch this tiny little thing accumulate over and over again. Right. And they, you know, they pay their taxes and they do all it's, it's a broken system to keep you broke. Right. So I think the, the biggest thing is to educate yourself. I would I would be investing in cryptocurrency right now, not financial advice, because it's a great time for you at a very low cost to get involved in a uh, increasing asset class. <clears throat> let's see. Doo -doo. Let's exchanges, ledgers, see if there's any other things here. Um, let's see. Um, what's the question? Okay. But talk about keeping stuff off exchanges and ledgers. Um, I don't know what I'm trying to ask, but I just staking. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so the question is about exchanges. You know, we always say not your keys, not your crypto, right? So if you're on an exchange, you have the risk of getting hacked. You should, um, the safest ways to keep it on a ledger, right? On a ledger or some type of hard wallet. If you have the keys, they're yours, right? But if they're on an exchange, um, they're not your keys, not your crypto, right? And so I use a Ledger Nano S. Um, there's different there's different safety protocols for different exchanges, but again, not your keys, not your crypto. Yep. <clears throat> awesome. Cool. Just talking about the assets as well um, and reprogramming the mind um, for everybody that's listening to this just now. You need to stop working for money, and you need to start working for assets. So get 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 this out your mind. You do not work for money anymore. You work for assets, and your assets will make your money more money. Assets can come in the form of real estate. Um, I think that some of you guys that are be cashing out into this bull run um, should be considering real estate multifamily units. 
blocks of flats, um, holiday accommodation, um, or just long-term lets. Just some real estate that's going to yield, it's going to grow, um, uh, increase in value over time, it's going to produce you cash flow so that you are not fully um, submerged in cryptocurrency. So just thinking of all of the different assets that you can work for. So when you're go- if you're working just now for an employer, that paycheck, you're not working for that paycheck anymore. You're now working for assets. That's your bridge mechanism. Your employer is giving you the bridge mechanism tool that you need in order to allow you to cross to the other side to buy that asset. You can buy assets with no money down. I've done it myself. I even get paid to buy a penthouse in Spain. The bank paid me 13%. There are ways that you can do this so that you can buy property, real estate with no money. Uh, Just like you can buy businesses with no money. If you want to put down a deposit, that's fine. But um, just uh, start to reprogram and think in a new way that now you're working for assets. You're not working for money. And it can come in the form of XRP. It can come in the form of Bitcoin or a gold coin or a silver coin. But now you're working for assets. This is more important than ever in your lifetime that you could ever imagine right now. The, The money doesn't matter. The assets matter. Yes. And, and I think that Ken brought up a really good point. You, you have to work on reprogramming your mind wars because that's why 85% of lottery winners go broke. That's why a lot of pro athletes go broke. And Jim Rohn says, if we give a million dollars to every single person in society, it's going to end up right back in the same 1% hand. The reason why is you have to, as you get this newfound wealth from your assets, you got to change your frame of mind, right? You got to stop buying stuff to impress people you don't like, right? We, but we all of a sudden we get this wealth and then we think we need to buy things right you should get to the point where you have financial freedom passive income where you don't have to worry about money you don't have to look at friday and say did i get paid today the only reason you look at your bank account to see if you can buy more assets it can happen very quickly warriors but as you move move into this newfound wealth you have to change your mindset that's really 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 important because we're indoctrinated into an education system to keep you just over broke to keep you trapped in that system you're going to see a lot of people in the crypto bull run that's why i'm on on the mountaintop preaching you know that's why i'm not getting you know i'm not I'm not like, oh, you know, 589 for XRP and all this stuff. I'm trying to teach people how to know how to play the game, right? Because a lot of people are going to make a lot of money. First thing you do is go buy an $80,000 car. It's like, do you need to take that money and put it back into assets? And then financial freedom is what we're aiming for on this channel is to help you be free. So you don't have to go to a boss and ask if you can go home because your kid's sick, right? Or you don't have to make a choice whether you want to or not to take the V or not to take the V. Whether you make a choice whether you want to wear a mask or not. So you have choices. That's what freedom is all about. So I know we're right at a point there, Coach GV, about the, the mindset and get out there and just uh, you know, blowing the money. Um, I think it's very important for you guys to not go broke trying to look rich to poor people because wealthy people, they don't care what car you drive or what you've got. So get get rid of the whole buying a Lambo thing just now. And, um, you know, I, I did a post the other day, unless you can afford to buy that car a hundred times over for mm. cash, then you shouldn't own that car, guys. Wow. So don't go broke trying to look rich to poor people because it's just a bad um it's a bad and toxic road to go down you know it's uh, we all want to impress people i'm sure and um it's very normal but just uh, think about it before you go out there and you uh, you, you go and buy that lambo when you cash in your money on the, the next bull run <laughs> and you can also too like one thing i always say is rent 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 the uh, luxuries. Like if you want to go to drive a Lambo, go to Vegas for the weekend and rent it. Look cool for the weekend and then return that shit, man. <laughs> Spend a couple right. thousand bucks renting it, get a penthouse, have pop bottles, do your thing, whatever you like to do. I'm not into that stuff. But once you're done with that, turn all that stuff back in and get back to stacking assets. You know, it's not that you can't spend your money or have a good time or rent a beach house for a week or something like that. You get to return that thing. That's the beautiful thing about it, right? You don't have to hold on to the the payment, fixing the pool, doing all that stuff. That's what we talk about a lot in the academy. I'm like rent, rent luxuries, buy assets, rent luxuries, buy assets, right? I'm talking short-term rental. If you want to fill what a Lamborghini feels like, and I like that. So I'm going to take that strategy and let's say it's a hundred times over. You can't pay for it. So right at the top of the hour warriors. So Ken, did you have anything final you want to share with the warriors? It's been a great session and uh, I'm looking very much forward to, um, to sharing more uh, knowledge, wisdom and experience with you guys next Monday. So I want you all to be there so we can all be part of this together. We'll get you involved as much as we can with the Q and a, and uh, yeah, we've got some surprises coming up, guys. So uh, 
So please take this knowledge, uh, think very carefully, and uh, let's become a better version of what you were today, tomorrow. Yes. And then down description down below, Ken Max Buff, five day boot camps in there as well. His social media platforms, his YouTube, everything's in the description down below. So make sure you go follow him on Instagram as well at the Ken Max show. Um, you can find me at Coach JV, my podcast, everything in the description down below that you need words. Our main mission is to help you free your dome. That's the most important thing, Warriors. And I keep telling Warriors in the process of becoming a millionaire, what's more important is who are you becoming? That's the biggest thing is this is not this is we're trustees of this land, right? It's not the one percent land. We're trustees of this land. So if you want to be involved in the biggest shift in generational wealth then get off the sidelines, warriors, get active, take action. You don't need all the resources. You just have to step in faith. Come here every single Monday, get the information, open up your mind, open up, pick up some books, start educating yourself, change your surroundings. That's one of the, one of the biggest things you're going to need to do is change your surroundings, worse, because this is the time in history that will never happen again. I don't think it's going to happen in my kid's history. I don't think it's going to happen in their kid's history. We're experiencing something that will never happen in our timeline again. Think about that for just a moment. This will not happen in our timeline again for our time on earth right now. So we may as well take advantage of the biggest shift in generational wealth. As you look this way at a pandemic, there's a whole nother narrative going on this way. We're going to be here to support you guys. Make sure you hit the likes, like, subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the notification button, and we'll have our new, new show coming out Monday, 9 a.m. Arizona time every single Monday. We love you guys. We appreciate you. As we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Let's go.